You're listening to For the Readers, a podcast to invest in all those readers of Scripture proclaiming the gospel in their faith communities. Each week, we read the gospel text as set out by the Revised Common Lectionary and then offer what may be beneficial and formational for the reader. All this to offer greater familiarity and a deeper interconnection with the Scripture, which may then become fertile ground for the Spirit to be transforming the reader and the community hearing further into Christ-likeness. May Christ be formed in us. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died. But come lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of the Lord. So I want to start out today by uh, by acknowledging a few different three different things that are happening here, uh, what we're doing in this in this podcast. The first is that we are looking at how we can read these passages well, and I mean well technically, but reading them well technically so that people can hear them well um, spiritually, so that how we read doesn't get in the way of their hearing. So that's the first. The second thing is that we want to be people who are reading authentically and from experience. We want to have experience with the text that we're reading before we get up and read it to the people in our community. So these two things are are, are part of our goal here. But they but what they don't what they don't remove is it's the Holy Spirit that works in the heart of humans, not us. We're we're a voice of one crying out in the wilderness saying, make straight the paths of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. That's what that's what we're doing, but it's the Holy Spirit that works. And so we want while we wanna while we wanna um, do do well, do a, a good faithful job in it, we don't want to get it twisted 
and um, begin thinking really harmfully that it's up to us to make something happen. Hmm. So this is this is preparation, um, but recognizing that it's the spirit that's deeply at work here. With that being said, this is a is a, a it's a high risk high reward passage. It's a, it it is a difficult passage. It has some phrases. It's not there's no hard words to pronounce, but there are some phrases that are strange that we want to have um, some some memory of handling well, so that when we read, um, it is it, it, it they come out uh, cohesively. It in fact, you might want to speak to whoever it is that sort of. Um, s- oversees, owns, takes care of um, whatever you read from and get permission to make some light pencil markings so that while you're reading, you remember some of the phrasing. Okay, so so there are some difficult phrases, but there's also some really sweet opportunities in how we read this text for people to hear the words as invitations to them where they are right now, right? That what's, what's what Jesus is saying here is for, of course, to the people in the moment that this is recording, but it's also to us today as we hear it proclaimed through your voice, the reader, and the Holy Spirit speaking. There's this sacramental, beautiful sacramental layer to what's coming alive as we read Scripture aloud. So we're going to read the text again, and when we get to the pitfalls or the sweet spots, we'll take some time and talk about how we can read them well. So let's go. So again, the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. This is our first stop. And it's one of those sweet moments where how we read it might aid a hearer in understanding this as God's invitation for them to follow. And so I wonder, how might we read it? Let's do it a couple times. And he said to him, follow me. And he said to him, follow me. And he said to him, follow me. And one more. And he said to him, follow me. Now, the first time I read it, I didn't pause between, uh, he said to him and follow me, right? We just read it straight through. And he said to him, follow me. And I think we want to pause there. We want that space to set off the invitation. And he said to him, follow me. We don't want to rush into the invitation. We want to give everyone, every heart, time to catch up, time to be present and pay attention to these words of Christ. And as for how we actually say, follow me, I think the only way uh, of reading it that didn't, doesn't seem right to me is to read it with a question. I imagine a little sparkle in Christ's eye that you can hear in his words. That represents a sincere seeing of Matthew. Christ really, really sees him in this moment. And that's what makes this moment. So the question is, how do we want to read this? Um, And maybe one other thing to push towards here is, as you're reading this, as you're praying through it, ask the Spirit, Spirit, how can I read these words well this Sunday to my particular community, because of course our communities are all different and they're all at different places. So reading it the same way, um, it, there's not just one way to do it, right? Okay. So, um, follow me and we continue. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. Now I read it the way, um, that I, after 
reading it a whole bunch of times felt was the right way to do it, right? How you phrase it, they were sitting with him. And then if you pause here and his disciples, it sounds like the disciples are maybe an afterthought or that the disciples are I'm not really sure about whether they should be sitting with the tax collectors, which is a fair, you know, I, that's possible. Um, I would remove the space and um, and read it as they were sitting with him and his disciples, that they're one unit, right? They're, the tax collectors are sitting with Jesus and his disciples, and Jesus's disciples are in with this program of being at the table with those who are considered outsiders. All right. Continuing, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Ah, this is, this is the one that's still the most troubling for me. I don't understand it. It it sounds like an aside, right? It sounds like a, um, that there should be a, a dot, 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 some ellipses after, but those who are sick, dot, 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 right? But I think what Jesus is saying is, um, that those who are well, those who think they're well, have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do, but that's not what it says. And so there's a little bit of a conundrum here. And so I would urge you to, to talk to, um, you know, whoever is um, shepherding your community about what to do here. You could grab another translation. You could simply add the word do uh, there at the end. Um, I'm going to reach out to our reader this weekend and talk to them about it and find a way to collaboratively solve the riddle, either, you know, accessing a different translation or whatnot. But this is one of those spaces where you got to do some work before time, before you read it. Otherwise you're going to get up there and you're going to go, those who are well have no need of a physician. All right. Everything's working, right? It's like, all right, it's phrasing. And then we go, but those who are sick, and then you're going to stop and go, but those who are sick are, are what? And as you go, what's going on here? The hearer is going to go, what's going on here? <laughs> so, uh, I don't have an answer for you on this one. I'm going to work it out and I'm going to work it out in community. And I'm going to listen to what the Spirit might be saying to um, to our reader. We've got one our reader, my, the reader in my community this weekend spends a lot of time in um, Lexio Divinia, prayerfully thinking about this. I think, in fact, she'll be in a Lexio group tonight, so she'll already have some thoughts on it. So, but but do that. Seek community here. Talk to talk to whoever shepherds your community, or if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, talk to your reader about it. Ask them what what do you hear the Spirit saying. See how even these difficult passages can be things that that urge us to go to God and and be in God's presence and ask God to show us things. All right, continuing. <clears throat> go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. All right. I think this is one of those places that that how we read it again can matter. And here it might just simply be picking up the pace and adding some urgency or adding a little bit of shock and awe to our voice in that we just a moment ago, we had Pharisees, we had religious leaders who were opposing Jesus, and now we have one of them asking him for help. And I wouldn't recommend it becoming particularly dramatic, just that our, our the tone of our voice, the pace of our words recognize the unexpectedness and the urgency of this moment. All right, let's continue with the text. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Here's the other one, all right? And Jesus got up and followed him 
comma with his disciples, period. That's weird. That's That, that doesn't feel uh, like a good way to read it. So I'm going to read it again, connecting him with his disciples, putting them as, um, as one unit. Again, not really recognizing that the disciples, they don't really have a clue what's going on, but they're along for the ride and they're learning. And that describes who we are as God's people. Well, we are along for the ride and we are learning and we're constantly being shown a new way to be with people, to be with hurting people, to show up for them. And so I would read it this way. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Continuing, then suddenly... Again, we have, that, we have that word. A woman who had been suffering from the hemorrhages for the 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. Maybe we want to lean in to sort of the interest of what's happening here. Read with some like intrigue. Um, <clears throat> she come, she's been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She comes behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak for she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players in the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. All right, now I would also urge a little bit of mindfulness, a little intention, a little care and caution when we read this phrase that Jesus says, go away for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And we might be inclined to read go away with a little bit of spice, a little bit of acid, a little bit of, um, a little bit of, little bit of attitude. And, you know, I, um, I would recommend against that owing to, um, there may be some people in our communities who are struggling with this bad, um, harmful idea we have that at God's core, God is angry with us. And while we do see uh, God get angry, that anger needs to be understood as an expression of the God who is love. God is not angry. God is love. God is love. God is love. And until, we, um, until we've mastered that, until that has become so core to who we are, we want to be thoughtful and mindful and careful about how it is that we read. So just in recognition of how diverse and wide our rooms are that we can be reading it in, we probably want to be mindful that we don't read this with anger so as to guard those who are yet learning about how God is love. Uh, as an alternative, maybe you could read it as exhausted. You know that might be a um, a a really a, a good way to to keep sort of the complexity of the moment, but without tipping into the anger. That might that might be the ticket. Uh, continuing, go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report. Of this spread throughout that district. When you get to this end here, uh, beginning with he went in and he took her by the hand and the girl got up. I, th- I think pacing it, right? As each one is its own thing. That sort of ascends a little bit. He went in and 
took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And then when we get to the report of this, maybe we leave some space offsetting both sides of the phrase of this. And the report, space, of this, space, spread throughout that district. And I wonder if the um, awes on both sides might help us consider all of the thises we've just read, right? Like just a little bit of space there might allow our listeners, the hearers of the word, to remember the, the, the of this that happens that's spreading throughout the district, right? You've got... The, the probably the scandal of Matthew leaving his tax booth, you know, he just leaves it. That's a, a stunning thing. A scandal of Jesus eating with um, with sinners and tax collectors, and then and then word of the confrontation or the questions, because um, maybe the Pharisees were genuinely asking. We don't know. We we do know that after that happens, the synagogue leader comes to Jesus when he has no other options. Um, so this is 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 being spread uh, throughout the the region. The woman who who touches Jesus's robe on his way to heal the little girl, right? That story is spreading. This whole story about Christ being a healer is what is spreading throughout throughout this this district. His his reputation as one who is making those things around him alive pivoting for a moment into what is probably a little more sermon territory, a little out of our scope, Uh, but I just feel compelled to just point out here the friendship we see from Christ to all of the humans, to, to the to the tax collectors, to the sinners, to the Pharisees, to the synagogue leader, uh, to the synagogue leader's daughter, to to everybody uh, in this story, we see Christ moving with with friendship and engagement, and that is how God is today with us, and so uh, especially especially as we come to read this story, my prayer is that you yourself are moving further into knowing the friendship of Christ for you and towards you. So I think that's probably plenty for us. I'm going to close today with two things that I wrote. Uh, The first is a poem that I wrote this week, thinking about this first part of the text, and Isaiah 55 a little bit was kind of coming in. It was spurred on by something I had read by Ephraim of Syria, who said that God wasn't hungry for the food from their table. And it just got me thinking about what's, what's the appetite, what's the hunger here. And then um, a few years ago, I wrote a, a song um, called Jesus Christ, Friend of Sinners. And it was in response to, to this text. So I'm going to share both of them with you here. A poem for Matthew 9. God hungers not for food from our table. Christ is born all the hungry to include. Spirit proclaiming, all come as you are able. You with no money come by unspoiling food. What keeps you away? The provision you pieced. The autonomous success you achieved. Your hunger, your ticket to enter the feast. Your admittance, your admission of need. Christ, friend of sinners, friend of mine. Jesus Christ, 
friend of sinners, friend of mine. I confess I live self-centered life. Be my middle, be my core. Live within me. Christ, friend of sinners.